Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I I know that you've got a fantastic guest on today, and that is Abby Donnelly. She's the founder of the Leadership and Legacy Group, works with CEOs to navigate the complex leadership challenges that come with succession planning and exiting. So this is very interesting to me, uh, you know, as a business owner and someone who's worked with many, many business owners. So I'm really excited for today's podcast. Me too. I'm, I'm real happy that Abby joined us today. And just a, a little introduction, we're, we're doing a series of podcasts that are, are focused on the, on the process we've built to help small business owners develop a, a business exit strategy. And so over the next 25 to 30 minutes, we'll be talking with Abby about the most important and critical aspects of our six-step process for exit planning for the, for the small business owner. And what we try to do is help the business owner understand what's vital in an exit strategy and and succession plan. And what's so vital is that you can exit well. And I I don't want to steal uh, my guest's thunder, but I think it's it's all about thoughtful preparation. And I'm so happy to, to have Abby with us uh, on the Wealth is in the Details podcast. And as Eric mentioned, she's the founder of the Leadership and Legacy Group out of Greensboro, North Carolina. And Abby, welcome to Wealth is in the Details. And uh, tell us what you do for your clients. Well, first of all, Peter and Eric, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. So what do we do for our clients? Well, you know, like you, Peter, we have always valued process. And so the process that we use is called the Donnelly Method for Succession and Exit. And we do a couple of different things. We work with business owners to develop their leaders so that they can take over and run the business profitably and sustainably. We also do a lot of work with executives in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Sometimes it's the business owner. Sometimes it's one of their senior leaders. And we help them craft a meaningful and rewarding next chapter. And then the third thing that we do is we facilitate both the strategic planning process and system improvements that really help them build value into the business. You know, what we find is that if the strategic plan is so, it's so significantly different for one generation to the next, then you may not have people that can run that plan at the leadership level. So you've got to have a strategic plan that's aligned with the skills and experience and capability of the leaders of the business at that time. So that's what we do. Well, there's so much to unpack there. Uh, so uh, I, I, what I find so compelling is, is that you're as process oriented, oriented as we are, and you work as part of uh, an advisory team for the business owner, which is just really key to, I think, exit strategy planning and succession planning. I know your firm doesn't focus on the financials, but could you talk about those critical areas that you that you do address? 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right. We do not touch the financials. And there are many, many resources like yourself that are experts in that area. And we really more focus on the the leadership and really the emotional aspects of the succession and exit process. So we know that an exit can be a really uh, challenging time for business owners. You know, there's a lot of identity wrapped up in having run a business for 30, 40 years or so. And there's a lot of concern about how that business is going to survive and thrive into the next generation or into a sale with a third party. So we support them in making sure that they've got that strong management team so that if they decide to sell the business to a third party, their business is going to be more valuable because they've got an intact team that's capable of running it. If they're selling it to a family member or some key employees that have been with the business for a number of years, well, then they need that strong management team because those are the folks that are going to have to run it for the future. And so the work of developing their strong management team gives them a lot of freedom to choose who they want to sell to and when they want to sell. We also, as I mentioned earlier, invest in strategic planning and system improvements. We know that there are some things that business owners can do to increase the value of their business. Now, not every business owner wants to spend the time and you know a little bit of a uh, capital investment to do that, but most business owners can at least explore whether it's worth it to them or not, because some of those systemic improvements can really make a difference in what they can get for the company down the road. We also recognize, as I mentioned earlier, that there are a range of emotions. And so as the business owners preparing to sell and then ultimately exit, we help them stay focused on the outcomes that they want, the things that matter most to them. And we try to help them avoid letting their emotions inadvertently derail the process seen and heard so many situations where an owner is getting to the final stages of a sale and suddenly they start thinking, why am I doing this? Are these the right people? Is this really what I want to do right now? And, you know, if it's not, it's right for them to step back. But oftentimes it's, it's just a little bit of cold feet or fear of the uncertainty of their own future. So, um, and then the last piece is around exiting well. There are a lot of studies that have been done around what transition looks like for folks that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And exiting well is really important from a health standpoint, helping them figure out what's going to be a meaningful and rewarding next chapter, and then helping them move into it. I just think that your approach is just so vital because it, the reality is, is that for the business owner, this is truly an emotional decision. This entity that they've developed and worked in probably for, you know, 20, 30 years, maybe even generations is vitally important to, to who they are. And so we just can't discount, discount how emotionally uh, tied to the business they are and their family is. And uh, so it, it is so, so challenging for them. Well, I know that, you know, it's a mental, emotional, and financial consideration that needs to be taken into account for them. And most people understand the financial because it makes sense that you need to have enough money 
to have a successful retirement, you know, to be able to retire and afford the things that you were able to do when you were working in the business. And I know that that's a, a key area for you. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about how you focus business owners on that aspect of it, and then incorporate in some of the work that I think is so vital, and I know you do as well, around the mental and emotional state of it while you're helping them with the financials. Thanks for asking, Abby. I, I do think uh, that kind of preparation, that kind of conversation is, is, is so important because the, the business owner is like anyone else. They want, they want to know that they're, they're doing the right things for themselves and for their family. And uh, part of that is preparing for retirement. You know, are they going to be ready financially and emotionally for this transition. So I would say we probably spend 30 to 50% of our energy and time really in, in this discovery process where we're trying to understand the owner's motivations, objectives, their family goals, and, and tying that to their readiness. Yes, emotional, but also financial. I, I found that a lot of business owners have reinvested in their business. And from a cash flow perspective, their families have been uh, living off of this business revenue and they not have not necessarily built up the non-business part of their financial net worth and that income needs to be supported when the business is transitioned. So um, we just spend a lot of time making sure that the business owner understands that, that this path that they're on makes sense, both from a financial and from a, uh, a, a mental readiness perspective. One of the things that I read about recently, Peter, that you're speaking to makes so much sense to me is that business owners have always viewed their business as their largest asset. And so it's not a it's not a liquid asset. And so the only way that they're going to be able to live off of it is to be able to sell it at a price that affords them the opportunity to continue to pull an income from it over the rest of their life or invest that money in a way that allows them to do that. So they really need the support that you're giving them to help them figure out how they're going to make that happen. Yeah, I think it, it gives them, um, frankly, a lot of confidence that um, that their family is going to be fine, that they can meet their personal uh, objectives. And uh, it's just a, a process that, that we think is vital to go through. So we want to make sure that there's there's no gap there between their their assets and the income that they need uh, to provide for them during during a long period of time where they might be retired. Yeah. So I know you use the Barry tool. Can you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's a fantastic first step in, in, in a conversation with a business owner. It's called the uh, Business Exit Readiness Index Survey, or, or the Berry Survey. And it's a series of 20 questions that are not difficult to answer. It usually takes about 10 or 15 minutes, but it, it really addresses where the business owner is, kind of what their expectations are. Where, where they stand in from a timing perspective uh, of readiness. Are they emotionally ready to begin this process? And many business owners, frankly, are not. They, they want to have the conversation, uh, but they may be five, 10 years out. At least that's the way they perceive it. But it's important to put that on the table and it's important to discover that. And so the, this, this Berry survey 
looks to their mental readiness as well as their perceived financial readiness. And we're not going in the survey, we're not asking great details about their financial circumstance, but we want to know what their perception is. Are they ready from a financial and from a mental perspective? So it's a great, it's a great starting point and it really helps us kind of narrow down the, the, the options that we, that we look toward as we're, as we're beginning this, uh, this process of, of exit planning and, and, and succession planning. You know, one of the things that I find a lot with the business owners that I talk to is that they all say that they're ready to exit their business in five to 10 years. And they say that whether they're 40 years old or 60 years old or 70 years old. And when I see them again a couple of years later and I ask them when they're planning on exiting their business, they still say five to 10 years. And when they actually get to a point oftentimes where they're ready to exit, or at least they think they're ready to exit emotionally and financially, it becomes this really significant roller coaster ride where, you know, some days they wake up and they say, oh my gosh, I've got to get out of here. I'm ready to go. And then other days they wake up and they say, what was I thinking? I could do this another five to 10 years. And so part of the challenge that I think we both face in the work that we do is helping them work through this process to continue to not only remind themselves that you have helped them get financially ready to do it, but that they are emotionally ready to do it because they have something really compelling and exciting that they're going to go to in their next chapter. And that's what I think can help make the difference in the mental and emotional readiness is when they start to have something very compelling in that next chapter that they want to move towards. I think that's so key. It absolutely is. And, and I've heard, I've heard it as well from, from many, many of our clients is we call it the rolling 10, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> it, it's always 10 years, no matter what their age is. So, yeah. so um, Abby, Abby, can you, can you kind of define succession planning versus an exit strategy and, and when should the business owner deal with these issues? Sure, I'll give you my definition of it. I'm sure that if you ask uh, a number of other people out there that are in this space, they would probably give you a different definition, but I'll give you mine. Uh, for me, succession is about preparing the business and the people for a, success, a successful transition. An exit strategy for me is about defining and preparing the owner for their next chapter. So it's about succession for the, the business and the next level of leadership whether they're staying with the company under a new owner or they're going to be the new owner. And exit is really about all about the owner and getting that owner really ready for their next chapter. Right. So you asked about when should a business owner deal with these issues. So there's a lot of discussion about when's the right time to start doing a succession plan. And conventional wisdom would say that 10 years is a really good fr time frame to begin doing that. What I usually suggest is a minimum of three years. And that's really looking at my piece of this puzzle because it takes at least three years to prepare somebody that's at a high level in the organization to be able to take over as CEO. It takes time to build value in if you're looking at those systems that you want to put in place. It takes some time to get the infrastructure and the, the systems to a place where they're not only 
well run and well designed, but they're actually delivering that sustainable value. Anybody that's looking to buy the business is going to want to see that it's delivering sustainable value. And so I've, you know, I encourage at least three years out. I've certainly had situations where people have called me and they say, I want to sell the business in a year. And I've been a part of a deal team that made that happen. And they were able to put some of that preparation in place, but preparing to transition that to a key employer, family owner, more often than not will take much more than a year. Yeah, I, I, I see that uh, as well. In an ideal world, uh, a business owner would, would start succession planning as soon as they start their business <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a long-term process and, and not every business owner can do that. I mean, we're, as a business owner, I know at the beginning, you're looking just, you're, you're just concerned about revenue and, but it is so vital at some point to, to really start working on the business, not just yes. in the business. And uh, so, it's, it's, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, John Warlow wrote a book called he, uh, Built to Sell. And it's exactly to your point, Peter, that it's all about building your business with the intent from the beginning that one day you're going to sell this. And the, the earlier you can think about what are the kinds of things that are going to build in that value on the front end, the faster and easier it's going to be not just to sell it, but to sell it at a valuation that's going to be very attractive to create the kind of retirement or next chapter that you want. Yeah. And I, I think it just, as I look at it, my experience is that those business owners that are, are successful in, in building a, a, a plan are actually more profitable. They're more successful businesses because they, they've done all the right things. And there's a reason why the businesses that do that have greater value because they're, they're more profitable. There are processes and systems in place they've prepared. Well, and you know, you speak about the, the value and the value is relevant no matter who you're selling it to. One of the things that I really like about your six step process, Peter, is the insight that you offer on exit options. And so a business owner often doesn't recognize the many different options they have for selling their business. Would you describe your five options Sure, I'd love to. You know, we, we certainly like you, we start off with uh, really trying to understand the business owner's uh, goals and objectives, you know, what their timing is, who's in their business, is their family involved? So we really want to just understand their, their circumstance. And, and then we really run off of kind of two major tracks. And, and one is a, uh, an internal transfer track and the other is an, an, an external transfer. And the external options really include an outright sale of the business to a third party and also a, a private equity group recapitalization. We're not going to go into great detail on, on those different options today, but for the most part, you're selling, the, the options are to sell an interest in your business. But the, there's another track here for those people that, that are, or owners that are more interested in an internal transfer, which might include a employee stock ownership plan, a, a management buyout to those existing man, to the existing management team. And if there's family involved, it could be a gifting program. 
And so there's lots of different flavors of each option. And that's, that's where our expertise comes into play. Once we understand the goals and objectives, we can describe and, and, and discuss with the business owner the, the variety of options that are appropriate for them based on those objectives. Uh, so the, this decision tree gets pretty nuanced as we, as we, as we go down the path, uh, but it's, a, it's, it's vital to the, to the whole process. And I know that it's vital to the owner because they don't often get exposed to this. You know, this is the first time that most business owners are going through this process. And you and I both know that when you get further down in your career, when you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're starting to think about exit and succession, you don't like the idea of doing something for the first time. I mean, you've got a very successful history and a business behind you, so it's uncomfortable to be you know, working through something you've never done before that has so much impact. I mean, there's so much at stake. So having the nuanced, you know, having a resource like you that can walk them through the nuances really matters. Yeah, I think it does too. Abby, I, I know you categorize the options from, from a, a sale perspective or transition into a third party and a relationship sale. You know, we call it internal, external. And, and I know there's great value in having a strong leadership for, uh, or a strong leadership team for a third party sale because in effect, the business is worth more if it runs without the owner. And if it's a relationship, relationship sale, the, the owner needs a, a strong leadership team in order to, to take it over. Um, what are the, some of the things you do to, to develop those leaders for succession? Well, I like to start with being very, very intentional about who those right leaders are and building that bench strength at the top. You know, my focus is primarily the successor to the CEO. I do work at other levels of the company as well, but primarily I'm interested in making sure that the leadership at the top is prepared and capable of running the company when the owner is ready to exit and doing it profitably and sustainably. So what I'm looking at is building in targeted learning experiences that are coupled with, you know, some of the traditional training methods. So we all are familiar with traditional training. You know, you can take a, a class, you can go to a workshop, you can go do a seminar, you can attend a trade show kind of a thing and get, get experience there. We also are very aware of coaching. I do a tremendous amount of one-on-one -on -one coaching with my clients. And so those things are very traditional, but I think what is often undervalued in the process are all the other myriad of ways that you can build an experience or set of experiences in for a leader that helps them grow while they're doing the work. And so some of those experiences that, that come to mind are, you know, a leader that has an opportunity to serve on either a public, private, or a nonprofit board can get experience looking at a company, maybe not theirs at the time, but get experience looking at a company from that leadership level and that fiduciary responsibility level. And that experience then can translate into understanding their business in a different way. When I'm working with folks that need to influence legislators or they need to build a relationship with a banker, for example, I'm looking for ways that they can get an experience. And so, for example, I might have the CEO task their successor with putting together a presentation and a set of questions that they want to discuss with the banker. 
and then going with the CEO to sit down with the banker, but having the successor basically run the meeting. So the CEO would help the successor, or the owner would help the successor prepare for that meeting, but then the, the successor would run it. And that way, it's not about watching the owner or CEO do the meeting. It's about getting the experience of what it's like to sit in that seat, prepare for that meeting, respond to the questions and the challenges that are placed in the conversation, things like that. So I'm always looking for experiences that they can get that help them learn and grow while the work is being done. And on my website, I've got a reference tool that's available. It's free, free download. And it offers 30 different creative ways to develop your people. So I really encourage owners to think through how can they do this development while still driving the business uh, situation forward. I think this is so powerful for business owners to really kind of think, have think have them rethink their role in the business it's not just they're not just in sales or they're not just in management they need to be leaders and they need to be mentors and coaches and helping their people grow not only to help the business but eventually to um you know help the business owner <laughs> transition it's such a vital important part of, of of being a strong leader is is, is i think being being a, a coach letting people uh letting people grow into who they can be. Allowing them to make some mistakes, you know, protected mistakes, not bet the farm mistakes, but uh, if you don't let them make mistakes, then they're never going to learn from, from those mistakes. Right, I think that's true. Just, let me just ask a few questions that I've heard over the years or, or different issues and, and, and curious to see how you would uh, respond. Uh, one of those questions is, you know, my, my kids think they're ready to take over, but I don't think they are. And uh, it's causing tension in the family. <laughs> yeah. You know, family owned businesses can be really tricky. And I, especially as you think about the millennials, they've had the benefit of so much information at their fingertips. And they're, they're a smart, capable generation that is ready to take on the world. And so they're ready to become the, you know, the president, the vice president of the company after a few years of work. And to their credit, many of them bring quite a bit of capability. I, I reflect back on where I was in my career at age 30, and I don't think it was nearly as advanced as many of today's millennials. But it's a typical challenge between the business owner and their family members that they intend to take over the business one day, but that day may not be today. But the, you know, the stress between the, oftentimes it's parents and adult children, but it can be nieces and nephews and a variety of other family members, but it's really, really tricky. So what I try to figure out is I try to figure out, is it that the successor truly is not ready and the owner, you know, family member who's running the company today is right and they still need quite a bit of development, in which case we'll work on how do we prepare them and what kind of fast tracking can we do to get them ready on a timeline that feels good to the um, adult child, next generation family member. But in some cases, I've got to have the difficult conversation with 
the owner to say, I think they're readier than you're giving them credit for. You know, sometimes the owner is just not quite ready to let go. And so there's an emotional tie there, but it may not be a true business issue. And so, you know, I try to work through that with them. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time and it, it can be a hard conversation on both ends. But I have had quite a bit of success in navigating through that and helping both parties understand the most important work that they need to do to both demonstrate that they're ready to take over when they're the younger generation and to demonstrate that they are ready to release if they're the owner and the older generation. Yeah, I think so true. Another challenging part is when the uh, the next generation may never be ready and they may not be the right fit. <laughs> We've seen that happen, but and that's a, a reality that the business owner needs to needs to face at at some point. This is not yeah. doing anyone a, a, any good uh, to 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 uh, continue along a path that's not right for them. In uh, fact, I I recently had a situation that where I was working with the business owner and that exact um, circumstance became pretty clear to me as I was preparing the next generation to be able to take over the business. And what was so fascinating about that conversation is that oftentimes the owner really, really has prepared and wants their successor to take over, their, their child, adult child, of course, or another family member. But when we are able to have the conversations transparently in a safe and trusted environment, sometimes when their successor is not ready to take over, part of it's because they don't really want to do this. They're there because their parents want it so badly for them, but they really don't want to do it. Sometimes it is a capability and preparation issue, but but. Sometimes it's not. And so opening up those conversations can be such a breath of fresh air for everybody to be able to fully acknowledge that I don't want to do this work. I don't want to run this company, own this company one day. And then it gives the, you know, the current owners, the parents or whatever their role is, an opportunity to think about a different plan of attack. Yeah, I, I think uh, transparency and communication are are just such a big important part of especially any business, but especially a family business. And it's hard. There's a lot of baggage there. Oftentimes, you had mentioned um, a, about a, a a leader or business owner that's not uh, that has a hard time letting go. Uh, what do you yep. do there? <laughs> well, we talked a little earlier about the owner's identity being in the business, and in, in most cases, that's really the challenge, is that their identity is so tied to the business. So a lot of what I work on there is helping them discover that meaningful and rewarding next chapter. And the more they can begin to shift their identity from being a business owner or being the CEO of their company, and get excited about not only what they're going to do in their next chapter, but how they're going to describe their life. A lot of times business owners that transition out 
will describe themselves when they introduce themselves to people. They'll say, well, I was the CEO of this or I own this company. And there's nothing wrong with that, certainly. But where it can get really rewarding for the owner is to be able to say, you know, I'm so excited about what I'm doing now and talk about the impact that they're having and the meaningful work that they're doing. And then in that conversation, they may say something like, you know, my career as the owner and CEO of my, you know, XYZ company has prepared me so well for this, or it's positioned me financially to be able to invest in this kind of work. That's a great thing. So it's about helping them transition to really embrace the new meaningful life and the identity that comes with that as well. And this is a process. It just doesn't turn overnight. You just, you just don't have a, a, you know, you, you just don't go from working 50 to 60 hours a week in your, in your, in your business, in your baby <laughs> um, to, to something else. You know, it, it, it you, you got to develop those, I think those skills and it's, it's hard. It's hard for a lot of us. It is hard. Well, the, the process that I take them through is a, generally it's a six month process. And so I have found that over that period of time, we can do some things to help them discover what that next chapter will look like, but also to release a lot of the emotional attachment to the business. And I like to take them through that process before they leave, you know, in the, maybe the last year that they're going to be there. Because so often people say, well, I'm just going to take three months off or I'm just going to take six months off and, you know, kind of do nothing and see what happens. But what happens when you take three to six months off is that all of the good, healthy habits that you had start to time takes up as much or those activities start to take up as much time as you have. And you lose your connections to the people that you've built relationships with over time. Your habits become looser and, you know, the discernment process starts to lose its, its traction. So I encourage people that are going through this process to do it before they exit their business so that they can transition on their terms from being the CEO and owner of a company into that next chapter. And the beauty of it is if they're transitioning on their terms, then they get to decide how much energy do I want to put into any of these components of my next chapter? And how quickly do I want to go there? But they're not taking a three or six month gap of nothing. Yeah, to stay engaged will keep you inspired, I think. And, and, yes, uh, well keep, said. Yeah, and uh, that's so so important, especially for people that are used to being so active and responsible, that love the adrenaline of, of, of running a business. Uh, it, it, it's just so important to prepare. So, Abby, you, you and I could, uh, could go on forever. Uh, and, and I just... I so believe in the Donnelly method because it fits so perfectly with our six step process because we're just, both of us are really process oriented and, uh, and it's a team effort. You know, I think that's the key as well is that, that the business owner just can't rely on one person to work them through this process. It really is a team effort of a variety of professionals. 
And so I, I so thank you for, for being on, on our podcast. I think our listeners get, will, will get a lot out of it. How, how can our listeners reach out to you, contact you directly if they, if they desire? Sure. Super. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this, Peter. I really enjoyed it. A couple of ways that they can reach me. One is my email, which is abby, A-B-B-Y, at leadershiplegacygroup.com. Abby at leadershiplegacygroup.com. My website is www.leadershiplegacygroup.com. Or they can call me at 336-458-9939. And I wanted to mention also there are some downloads and videos and audios on my website, resources that are all free. And I also have a book called Straight Talk About Planning Your Succession, and it covers some of the things that we talked about today, as well as the, the launch into your next chapter. So it really focuses on the Donnelly Method all the way through from start to finish. And I must say that I've read your book, I've been onto your website, you have tremendous resources, and, and obviously you. you're a great resource. Uh, so... Thank you so much for for being with us today. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'll tell you what, Peter, you absolutely bring on the best guests. Uh, I just just sat here and was trying to soak everything in. Abby, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Eric. It's really nice to meet you. Nice meeting you as well. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.